Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to another episode of In the Pen, part of the Petrolist Podcast Network. I'm your host, Cal Nelslager, joined as always by Jake Crumpler and Rick Graham. And as the season wraps up, we want to start taking a look ahead, start looking towards the playoffs, which unfortunately, none of our teams are going to be in, which will be extremely weird. But we want to get a little primer for that, see what we're looking forward to for that part, but also go through some of the latest because... I don't know, there's certain things called the fantasy baseball playoffs, which people are still in. I have a couple leagues, which I'm battling for a championship right now, which I'm sure all three of us are doing. So we want to try and help you out there as well. But guys, how have your fantasy playoffs been going? Do you have any championships on the line coming up? Yeah, um, been going well. I got a couple of uh, head-to-head leagues that are you know down to the wire in the championship this week. So... Hoping to win at least one, maybe two would be great, obviously. But um, yeah, it's gonna. It's, they both look like they're gonna come down to this weekend, which is uh, exciting, but also you know nervous when, when there's some money on the line. Yeah, Dave, don't count all of our teams out yet. None of us have been eliminated yet. I mean, if <laughs> if you if I take the A's as my team, then yeah. But I I got the Giants. That's why I'm <laughs> lucky. I got two. Um, they're 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 eight games away from uh being eliminated. Mm. Red Sox have one game. <laughs> Uh, from oh, elimination they're already out. The, they're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Yankees are three away from elimination. So there's still a, so you're saying there's still a shot. There is still a chance. Um, in terms of playoffs, I only have one league with the playoffs and it went about as poorly as it could have gone. Um, so I don't want to talk about that one, but I have the possibility of winning barf. So that's going to come down to the wire. It's like a, a half roto point difference right now between me and the guy who just passed me for first place last night. So that that's one that I'll be, uh, Looking closely at all week, but yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting season. I think it's going to require a lot more effort from me in this upcoming off season to come back from some of the losses in some important leagues. Yeah, I have a cup two home leagues. One where I'm battling for a championship. One where I'm battling for third place finishing. Try and get my money back in it. So excited for those ones head to head. Other leagues, not so, not as much success as those, but same thing. Just ready for the grind in the offseason and try and figure out where where things are wrong. But hey, we're all still in competitive, so this show should hopefully help us out. But like I said, we're going to preview the playoffs, talk about some bullpens we're watching from there. But So we're going to start off, as we always do, with some of the latest news from it. A lot of injuries actually took place over these past couple days. So there's uh, some guys we want to go there. So we'll go through them, see if there's anything uh, that we could take from it. Start off with Gregory Santos, placed on the 15-day IL with right elbow information as what sort of impact does that have uh, for these this last week of the season? Because as we can expect, if you're placed on the IL at this point, you're not coming back this regular season. So what, what impact mm-hmm. does the loss of Santos have? Yeah, it's a, um, that's a kind of a bummer um, because even though he hadn't been pitching well lately, it, 
did seem like they were really trying or hoping for him to kind of work work out in the closer role and be their closer for next season. I still think there's a chance of that, but um, yeah, for the rest of the way here, I don't think there's really anyone to recommend. I think Brian Shaw is probably likely to see save chances, but um, it's funny. You know, fan graphs, they have Garrett crochet on here as a, well, in he the just closer committee. I, yeah, I know, but they have him bummer and Brian Shaw as the close in the closer committee, but I don't, I don't think Bummer or Crochet are really. I mean, Crochet maybe, maybe they'll just you know see give him a shot as being the closer for the last two weeks yeah. of the year, and why not? Um, so that's actually kind of an interesting one, yeah. But um, I mean, that's yeah, who no, I was thinking with Crochet yeah. because he hasn't pitched for a while, so like they're they're probably going to go pretty easy on him. He's a guy who's been injured a lot and is still pretty young for a reliever, but. I mean, Shaw has been all right this year, which is really surprising, but he's been like their workhorse. They like using him like every single day, basically. Um, they could use him as a closer. He does have two saves on the year. They have used him as the closer in the past, but that does seem like a weird one when Crochet is there. I think Bummer does still have the stuff. He's got the best strikeout rate in that bullpen, nearly 30%, but he's got a 7-11 ERA. <laughs> and <laughs> not too great. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I would go with Crochet because I wouldn't really want to pick up Brian Shaw on any of my teams because he's not a strikeout guy and he's even as the way that he's pitching, which is currently better than he has been for a while, he's still got a four six ERA, which is not great. So I think if you're speculating on anyone, it could be Garrett Crochet, but the fact that there are three guys here, none of them are ones that blow you away or really get you enticed, and they're on a terrible team that has really just continued to spiral throughout the season, I don't think there's going to be many save opportunities, and if you go with Crochet, he may get one or zero, and that's probably the best you can do there. Yeah, I don't get why the White Sox wouldn't just go with Crochet. It's not like they're going to learn anything from Brian Shaw. It's not really like Brian Shaw is going to be back with the White Sox next year. Mm-hmm. He's not part of their future, so why not throw Crochet in some meaning, meaningful innings down the stretch? Outside of, yeah, he just came back. Let's just see what he has. But why not throw him out there in some high leverage, see what he has, and see if you can build yeah. something for 2024. But it's the White Sox, and I've since the beginning of the season, we've talked about how we've lost faith in them and to, for them to do what seems to be logical and right. But moving over to a team that we're used to doing the logical and right thing, except for 2023, it's St. Louis Cardinals. Giovanni Gallegos placed on a 15-day IL with right rotator cuff tendonitis. We talked about this pen a lot in terms of the committee that has come over from the second half of the season. Where's your read now in St. Louis? Is there a favorite for saves over this last week, week and a half of the season? Uh, yeah, I think it's Ryan Helsley's job. Um, we'll, we'll talk about him more. I have him on the the, the up list this week. He, he's been great since he returned, and they have not shied away from him at all. They've you know, been willing to use him in back to back games. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's the clear cut closer. It doesn't sound like yet jo- jo- Jojo Romero will be back either. So there's not really any competition right now for for Helsley in that bullpen. Yeah, sur- surprising end to the season for what what has been a really weird Cardinals bullpen this year. Um, to to wrap it up with Helsley just being the clear cut closer, I don't think it's yeah. something that we would have predicted. I mean, it's obviously hard to predict injuries, but yeah, Ryan Helsley back and healthy, and nobody else to compete with him. So it should be honestly a pretty solid option throughout the year because I don't think the Cardinals are a terrible team. They really haven't played that like well this year but I, I think they'll still provide him a couple save opportunities to wrap up the year he did get two this past week um and, and they're still willing to use him on back-to-back days and yeah i, I think that's a, a very solid option I, I mean 
even if he's not a top 10 closer anymore, I, I still think he's a really good reliever. So that, that should be a uh, pr- pretty nice for fantasy managers that held on to him. The Cubs committee got a little more simpler over this past week. Unfortunately, Michael Fulmer was placed on the 15 dial with a strained right form. We talked about that bullpen last week. Have either of you learned anything in terms of Cubs leanings or is it still just a, a couple guys that are going to be battling out for saves the rest of the way? Not or there hasn't been. I mean, yeah, there hasn't been any save opportunities, which is kind of annoying. I picked up Julian Merriweather in a few places and haven't gotten a save chance since uh, Alzale hit the hit the IL. So I, I still think it's Merriweather as the you know option one A closer there. But um, yeah, still still Mark Leiter Jr. as as an option as well. Um, I mean, maybe Brad Boxberger could fi- figure into that mix as well. Um preferably not but yeah i I think it's merriweather's job yeah i've given up on lighter jr he's struggled a lot in the past month since august 21st we're recording on the 21st of september it's been exactly a month he's allowed eight earned runs in 10 innings that's a era of 7.20 comes with a 5.42 exit because it comes with eight strikeouts to six walks so the strikeouts have plummeted the walks have really increased and it seems like he he might have like hit a wall. I, I think he's probably getting tired. Uh, it looks like his season, his career high in innings pitch. I know he used to be a starter, but uh, his career high is 90 innings pitch, and that was in 2017. That was six years ago. So it's been a while since he's thrown this many innings. He threw 89 in 2021. Uh, actually, a lot more than 89. Uh, over 100 in 2021, but that, that was a while ago, and he was starting a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it's probably, it's like, I, th- I think a, a workload is a lot different when you're used as a reliever and you're throwing uh, at, at max effort whenever whenever you do that. So even if the innings are lower, I think the workload can be a lot more strenuous because you of gotta, the yeah. way that you're used. Yeah, you got to exactly. go multiple you, days in a row. Yeah, yeah, you got to actually throw for like multiple days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I think he could be hitting a wall there because it's definitely yeah. been a clear drop off from the first half when he had a. ERA that was 3.19. It's down to 3.71 now, but the strikeouts are where things have really dropped off. He was 34.7% in the first half since the all-star break, 22%. So definitely a a clear drop off in skills there, probably due to fatigue and Julian Merriweather has sort of gone the exact opposite way. He's been incredible uh, throughout the second half and, and he continues to be really good and they seem to be saving him for save opportunities. So I think he is the guy there and I wouldn't even really roster Mark Leiter Jr. now unless you're in a really deep holds leagues um, because mm-hmm. he's just not pitching too great. Yeah, this was uh, interesting. Mark Leiter was definitely when we were excited about the game of the season, but let's hope we can figure out the right guy down down the stretch. But I would agree with you. I think I would lean with uh, Merriweather at this point. The last two injuries... We'll run through real quickly. Elvis Perguero on the 15-day IL with right elbow effusion. And Scott McGuff, unfortunately, placed on the 15-day IL with right shoulder inflammation. Anything of note with the with these two injuries, something that uh, impacts their, their bullpens as we approach this end of the season? Well, I think, you know, Paguero opens the door for Abner Arebe to, yep. to be a setup guy there. And he's picked up three, three holds the past week, so... You know, even not not just being like a secondary setup guy. I mean, Joel Piumps hasn't been pitching that great recently. Mm-hmm. He's he struggled some some. So I think I think Aribe is their number two. You know, op- he should be their number two option probably heading into the playoffs, which is 
crazy to think about but um yeah i wrote i think i wrote about him yeah i wrote about him today he, he has he's let up one hit over his past like 10.1 innings so just the he the pure stuff is just crazy and it's literally unhittable so as long as he's not walking you know the yard he he's gonna be really tough to um for any batter to face yeah and then in arizona scott mcguff is had a lot of hold and save opportunities this year, but he struggled a lot in the second half and and lost a lot of those. So I don't think much changes there. But I did want to point out that, I don't know if this is correct, CBS listed Elvis Elvis Peguero's injury as a right elbow effusion. Mm. Um, I had never heard that word. So of course I Googled it. Um, <laughs> the definition of effusion is a buildup of fluid between the layers of tissue that line the lungs and chest cavity. Ooh. Um, that it says elbow though. So I, I think the definition that came up when I Googled effusion is plural effusion. That's plural P L E U R A L. So I, I think this is a different type of effusion. That one seems to be focused on the lungs because this is an elbow one. So it seems to be a buildup of fluid between mm. the layers of tissue in his elbow, which is, uh, uh so not know. great. Not great, but that doesn't seem like as bad as some other. I mean, I'm not a doctor, yeah. but that doesn't seem yeah. as bad as some of the other ones because it's just like it's it's a thing where you can just like drain the fluid or whatever. He's not back this season, but yeah. I don't think this is one where it's like he's going to hit the IL. It's probably just or he did hit the IL. Not not one where he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery, but yeah. it was a weird injury that I've yet to see before. Yeah, I feel like every week these past few ones as we get towards the end of the season, I've been coming across uh, medical terms that even us who watch baseball on a daily basis and follow it are still being surprised by but that that definitely was a new one and i'm glad that neither of us are doctors i don't think any of us would qualify (laughs) to uh, give you medical medical advice but over to the better news some of the people who got activated uh jesse chavez activated from 60 day il left from after left shin contusion it's great to see he's been an incredible story this season and an even better uh, addition to an already stacked Braves bullpen. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about that and with them in a little bit, but great news to see Jesse Chavez back. How was he out for so long? A left shin contusion. That's a, that's a, sh- he bruised his shin and he was out for three months. <laughs> yeah. He's, so, a, he's you old. Can afford to, <laughs> <laughs> the Braves have so many good players. It's like, Oh, you have a cough. Let's sit you out a month and then we'll figure out what we want to do. Cause there's sure. too many people. Yeah. Three, months, though, three months though is different. Yeah. Three months, though, a, that's pretty crazy. It must have been a really bad <laughs> Really bad contusion. There's no way yeah. to say a contusion, but a really bad contusion. <laughs> sure. We'll go Bruises don't heal, don't heal the same when you're 40 years old, man. Sure. <laughs> I'll believe it. I'll believe it. I got a little while to go, but I'll, I'll believe it. Same, uh, thankfully. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> I don't think this will impact our love of Pete Fairbanks, but Jason Adam activated in 15 DIL with a strained left oblique. Are we immediately going back to pick him up? I know he was someone we were all rostering just for ratios and strikeouts because he was that dominant. Are we rushing to get him back in? Not even just, obviously not saves league, but holds or just for ratios? Yeah, I, it's um, it's hard to see where he fits in now since, I mean, he's only been gone for like a couple weeks, but I feel like a lot's changed. Not a lot's changed, but I mean, Robert Stevenson's definitely taken over as the top setup guy there. So that kind of that probably moves Adam down to a secondary role. But, you know, Colin Poche has been pitching well. Jake Diekman as well. They have other guys. I mean, uh, I, I still think, you know, 
Adams probably a top. Two, he's definitely a top twenty holds candidate for the rest of the season. I I think, but I don't. I don't know if he's any if that means that you have to go out and and rush to add him. I I think it depends on your league, but um, yeah, he's he just adds more depth to an already great bullpen, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. I'm looking at the roster resource closer depth chart, and they removed Robert Stevenson, but he's on the uh, the team depth chart. Um, very confused there, and I made sure that he wasn't I'm concerned about demoted that, yeah. or something. Yeah, but I I think that's just a mistake. I, I know these are done by hand, um, but yeah, I think you, you nailed that. Uh, you nailed it with Jason Adam. Yeah, nice to see him back uh, for sure. We talked about Garrett Crochet, so not too much more to add to him. He got activated from the 15 dial of left shoulder inflammation. Said not too much more to add than we talked about with the Gregory Santos injury. For the Yankees, Ian Hamilton activated from the 15 dial after a strained right groin. And if you're looking for holds, well, the Yankees have had a lot of injuries lately with Jonathan Loisica going to IL. So Hamilton could play in for holds. That's about it there. Anything more to add with a. Uh, with Ian Hamilton being back, uh, nothing really. I mean, yeah, you're you're right. He's it's a he could factor into a couple holds. Uh, the Yankees are down a couple guys, so a deeper, deeper option, but not uh, not someone you need to to probably concern yourself with for the rest of the season. Speaking of guys, we're not concerning ourselves with Daniel Bard was activated <laughs> in after right forearm fatigue. Let me just confirm with you guys. We're not concerned about Daniel Bard anymore, are we? Uh, no. That's we're, we're I'm I'm out on that whole Rockies bullpen outside of maybe t- Tyler Kinley. I, I feel Next. like they could probably use him as a closer. To be completely honest, I, I, sure, I would but, not surprise me. It would not surprise me if he got a save this last uh, ten days. I it would be, be it would be stupid, but I mean it's the Rockies. Like you 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 expect the unexpected with the Rockies. True. Perfect. Perfect way to say that. But, uh, James Karinchak recalled from the minors for the Cleveland Guardians, and we still had uh, DFA waiver claims being made, even with a week left in the season. Matt Moore was DFA'd from that those Cleveland Guardians, and he was claimed off waivers by the Miami yep. Marlins, who continued to add a variable pen. The Marlins um, needed another left. Yeah, the Marlins needed another left-handed pitcher in their bullpen. So I understand. <laughs> I don't know. I it's a weird one. I don't. It I don't is. know. Yeah, it's. I, I don't I guess know why you can the never Guardians have, did that. I know. I don't. They only have one lefty there. They had the if they did make the playoffs, which I think they're basically out of it. But um, let's let's say they hypothetically did make the playoffs. I'm gonna double check to make sure I'm not gonna eat my words immediately. They're nine games back of the division. Never mind. I see why they did it. <laughs> I save a, save a little money by not paying him for a two little, weeks. Yeah, save uh, them like a thousand. Save them like a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what the yeah. Guardians like to do for sure. <laughs> so hey, I'm I'm rooting for Matt Moore to make a difference, even though he can't be on the Marlins playoff roster. Yeah. As they are currently battling for one of those last. Uh, and a wild card spot. So that and a wild card. We we'll get into it a bit, but that's just mm. what is it? It's now four teams within two games of each other. That's going to be a wild finish. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, but that's going to do it for the news. We'll take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to start. We're going to go through some of the other risers and fallers. We talked about the injuries, but get people who are moving up and down in the ranks over the past week. But all that and more on in the pen. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. 
And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so we're going to just go through some of the rankings and risers and fallers. We talked about, uh, Rick, you just started us off at the beginning. We were talking about the Cardinals bullpen, and you talked about Helsley moving up in the pen. So I'll let this be your uh, <laughs> your big step away. Why don't you give me some reasons why you're so impressed with Ryan Helsley since he's come back? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's the, you know, he's been pitching well, but it's not just that. It's just the usage, you know, he... He, he's been dominant since returning from the IL, you know, allowing only two hits, three walks, and having has 12 Ks over 8.1 innings. Um, which, again, yeah, I was a little surprised to see how good he's been pitching him since, you know, his rehab was a little, you know, he had a couple setbacks. He wasn't pitching well in the minors. Um, and then, you know, I was not even sure if he would actually come back this season. So to see him pitching well, it's been, it's been you know, great to see. Uh, and then he's pitched. He's pitched on back-to-back days three times since returning. That's basically, you know, the, his last six outings have been on back-to-back days, like three consecutive times. So, um, they're not afraid. Obviously, I, I thought they were definitely not going to use him on back-to-back days. And not not only that, he's he pitched. I think yeah, he pitched one point one. Pitched. He came in in the eighth inning the last game and finished the game pitching one point one innings. You know, got got four outs. So, um, to see him pitch on back-to-back days to get four outs in a game there there clearly aren't any limitations despite them saying that there would be so you know he's got five saves on the month i'm sure he can get another two or three uh because yeah like like jake said earlier that the cardinals aren't that bad they're 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 not good but i mean they're not yeah the a's or you know white Sox right now so yeah exactly (laughs) so they're they're they're, they could win some games uh, um I'm sure that I don't know who they face, but I'm sure like the NL Central is not the toughest division. So yeah, there's there's some opportunities there for Helsley, and yeah, for those people who held on to him, uh, yeah, that definitely worked out. Especially if you're in you know head to head leagues right now in the in the playoffs or whatnot, it's it should be working out for you. Yeah, that, that workload's really interesting. And and since returning, he returned on September 1st. He's thrown eight and a third innings. He has not allowed a run. He's only allowed five base runners, and it comes with a strikeout rate of 41%. He struck out 12 batters in eight and a third. That's Those are really good numbers. He's looking like old Ryan Helsley again. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good, good call to bring him up in the rankings. All right, Jake, over to you. We talked about that. Helsley moving up. Who in your eyes is someone that we need to be more excited about as the season comes to a close um i'll go with jordan romano and uh i I think it's more so that he's just gotten back on track 
here because there was a period where he was walking too many guys. It hasn't completely gone away, but he sort of offset that with a lot of strikeouts recently. His last three appearances have come with at least two strikeouts and all of those have been scoreless as well. Um, obviously Jordan Hicks and Eric Swanson are still there, but I, I don't think they're going to be pushing him too much. And with the the way the Blue Jays are playing, trying to make this final push for a, a playoff spot, are they still in it? They are still they in have, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. They've oh, yeah. been playing well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think just the way that his team is playing and, and the way that he's seems to have gotten back on track without too much competition there. I mean, Jordan Hicks and Eric Swanson are about as good as competition get. So if he was going to lose the job, he would have lost it already. But I, I think just the fact that they continue to show their confidence in him by throwing him out there as the closer and he continues to rack up the strikeouts is definitely confidence inducing uh, for fantasy managers. Yeah, I yeah. I think it's it's just the, you know, being healthy and there's no competition there. And yeah, he's walks have been an issue, but the, he's just been doing a little bit better with that lately. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Blue Jays are going to have to rely on him like like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, tied. They're in a three way tie for the two of the last wild card spots. So those four teams are going to like battling out for those wild card spots are going to be probably heavily relying on their their closers or whoever their high leverage you know types are so expect to see romano get a lot of usage the next two weeks and the final riser i want to highlight is similar to the ryan helsley mold and it's just finding more clarity and it's adam Adavino. it's the mets so they're going to be similar to cardinals they'll make it a few saves down the stretch but they are a struggling team in terms of a Getting wins, they're not competing for anything. But the last th- three of the last four games he's appeared in, he has gotten a save, including a game against Cincinnati where he came in in a close game in the ninth inning. So it seems that Alavino is going to end the season as the Mets closer at this point. Again, he's not a huge riser in the ranks because it's it's the Mets and they're not the best team. But in a similar mode to the Cardinals, they'll play close enough games where Alavino can help you get a few saves down the stretch, so, and that could make all the difference. Yeah, that's the thing where, you know, if you're looking on the wire for saves, he might be if he's still available in your league. He's one of those guys to target right now. He's having a great September. And like you said, it looks like he is. There's not really a committee. uh, There's no real concern of a committee. I don't think right now uh, with him having four saves this month and 12 strikeouts and six point six and two thirds inning this this month. Strikeouts coming from out of nowhere. But um. Yeah, I mean he's he's been awesome this this month. So yeah, right, go with the hot hand and uh, you know add him if you if you need some extra saves in your league. Yeah, that's a fifty percent strikeout rate from Ottavino, and I think it was interesting that we. I, I think it was a consensus. Oh, this is going to be a bullpen uh, closer committee here with Brooks Raley and Adam Ottavino. But mm. since David Robertson got traded, Brooks Raley has zero saves. He actually does not have a save since July thirtieth. Um, actually, was. He might, he might've gotten one, like when was David Robertson traded? It was like a few, it was before a couple of days before the 28th, 29th. Yeah. The 20th. Okay. So I guess he got one immediately after. And then everybody was like, Oh, it's going to be a, a, a closer yeah. committee. He has not gotten one since then. So he, they definitely uh, juked us out there, but it, it has not been a closer committee for two months now. And uh, yeah, it's clearly Adam out here. I think the uh, fan graphs roster resource closer depth chart is, is faking us out a little bit. Hmm. As people continue to move up in the ranks, we're going to have some fallers. And again, it, I don't know if we can be too reactionary, but it is. We don't have much time left. So I guess we want to talk about how, if we are concerned at the point where we are 
not starting or anything like that, but who's some Rick, we'll start for you again. Who's someone you're concerned about over this last week and considering uh, possibly changing yeah. up on your roster? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is someone to drop outside of really shallow leagues, but I, Alexis Diaz, I, and I've he's been on this this section a little bit, you know, a, a couple times in the last month or so. Um, you know, he's just not been the same guy in the second half of the year, or it even started before you know July. It's you know he wasn't great in August. Uh, he had been throwing better in September. Um, he's only allowed you know one run up until his last outing, but. You know, the strikeouts have just been way down. It, it's, you know, he had a 44% K rate over his first 31 innings, and now he has a 21% K rate over his last 33. Um, so that's like, you know, something clearly is either easy either hurt or hitters have just figured him out. Um, I, I'm leaning towards some sort of injury because he had dealt with some things. He, he had, there was a, you know, time where he kind of was missing. He just wasn't available for a little bit. So I wonder if there's some sort of injury here. Um, cause there's, it's just weird that he was so good in those first 30, 31 innings. And then the last 33 have been completely different, you know, 5.15 X FIP over his last 33, only a 24.3% CSW when he had a 32% CSW in the first 31. So there, there's still just a huge difference in the, the pitcher, um, so I, I, yeah, he's, he's, you know, I, he might not be rosterable, rosterable right now. I, I guess if you really need saves, you, you got to hold on to him. But if you're in head to head leagues, I don't know how much, how much value he's going to bring, especially in a points league or something like that. I don't, I don't know if he's really worth holding on to at this point. Yeah, you got all the stats right. I, I think some people may be misled because he's continued to pitch pretty well in terms of the ERA department, 3.28 ERA in the second half. But you mentioned it, the strikeouts have plummeted. The walks have not. 22% strikeout rate, 11.5% walk rate. That's a 10.5 wow. strikeout minus walk rate. It's really not good. It comes with an XFIP that is not exactly where you want it to be at 5.23. Uh, it sort of suggests that Going forward, if he continues to pitch like that, it's going to be disaster. We saw his last appearance. He allowed three runs, and maybe he has a couple more blowups before the season closes as he pitches closer to what his peripherals suggest. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, stretch for him. Like I said, we don't have a lot of time, so I wouldn't blame you if you want to get him, not off your roster, but put him on a, on a bench and see if he can maybe figure things out. Over He's going to be a tough... Yeah, he's going to be a tough one to figure out where he ranks going into next year. I, I don't know how to how to feel about you know these t- two halves he's had. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's been a weird. It's a, like you said, it's been a tale of two seasons for Diaz. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a, I'm sure, a topic of conversation throughout the off season. But Jake, over to you. Somebody else you're concerned with from the past week's performance. I'll go with my guy, Camilo Duvall. He has really not been great in September. There was that outing, a couple outings back in late August, the 22nd and the 23rd. He allowed five runs across those two innings and only got one out. He didn't strike anybody out. And it looked like a mechanical thing that he seemed to have fixed the the by the time he came back five days later um, with a couple scoreless outings. But since September, uh, he, he took a little layoff going into September and didn't pitch until the 6th. That was like a nine-day layoff. And And since then, he's not been great. He's allowed only three earned runs, but he's allowed seven unearned runs. 
uh, or seven runs total, four of them unearned. And that's uh, not great. It comes with just six strikeouts and six and two thirds innings, but he's not pitching as dominant as he was beforehand. And I think that on top of the fact that there have not been too many save opportunities for him, make him a difficult roster at this point. I, I think if a save's going to come, it's going to go to Camilo Duvall, but he's definitely been struggling a lot recently, so he may not be able to lock those down. But, I mean, the Giants are really going to need to count on him if they want any chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a little while. I think the struggle's been going on. He's got a ERA of 5 and a whip of 1.5 over his last 18 innings. Uh, only six saves over that span. That dates back to late July. Uh, and also only 16 strikeouts, which is fine. He's striking out like about a batter per inning, but uh, it's not, you know, we've seen Duvall be better than that and, you know, have better strikeout rates. So another young, young closer that I wonder if maybe he's just, you know, something's not right or if he's just break, you know, seasons, it's a long season for these guys and maybe he's just wearing down a little bit, but, um, yeah, I do. You don't have any concerns about Taylor Rogers because I know he bailed him out the other night. Is there any you, you think Duvall's going to get these saves down the stretch for his team? That's three still three games out of the playoffs. So that they need to uh, they can't afford to lose any games or blow any games. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like Gabe Kapler is an interesting manager where he's yeah. he's like sort of like semi old school and new school. He sort of combines it. Yeah pretty interestingly but i mean taylor rogers hasn't been too dominant recently either since august 14th he's got a 5.59 era uh to cross 9.9 9.2 innings so i I think there's there's an argument that yeah maybe they don't want to turn to doval because he's really not been great recently but i still think he's their best option there if they are going to turn to anybody he it's definitely it's probably something that has to do with him being really young and and probably reaching his uh his, his limit in terms of innings because he's at 64. He, he capped out at 67 last year. He's still only 25. Um, but yeah, I, I, there, there is an argument to be made that maybe you switch to another guy, but I, I don't know. It, it's sort of hard to predict with somebody like this, what, what he's going to do on a given night because his stuff is so dominant that it's just like, if he has mm. everything together, nobody's going to touch him. But yeah, I, it's really hard to predict at this point, honestly, because it's, it's really hard to get into the mind of the manager. And also when you got two struggling guys that are your top guys and um, j- just where the Giants are right now, I-, I think that they probably still go with Doval, but there's a shot that maybe they won't give him the ball on back-to-back days. Or if he like blows up one more time, then they might just be done with him as a closer. Mm. I'm I'm very interested to see down the stretch what the Houston Astros do with the last guy on this list. And it's Ryan Presley. His last outing was good. It was Perfect ninth inning, no strikeouts on Wednesday to hold the game tied. But he hasn't recorded a save since Saturday v. ninth. And because of that, two outs in four bat, he had five runs in two innings. His previous two outings took a loss. The Houston Astros are in similar position to Giants, except they have a playoff spot. They are a half game ahead of both the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers for first place in the AL West. They're not a team that can afford to drop many games. They, I'm sure they'd much rather get a first round by get home field advantage win the west then have to be one of the wild card teams and play a toronto or a, one of those you know mm-hmm. someone else in the west like a seattle or texas again in a wild card series so we definitely want can't afford to drop games and the way presley is pitching i'm curious if baker will move away from presley down the stretch especially when one of their remaining two series 
is against Seattle Mariners in Seattle. So uh, do you guys have anything to add with what Presley struggles and your level of concern for him uh, down the stretch? Yeah, it's been kind of a a weird year for him. He has not been as dominant as he has in the past. It's um, a, a disappointing season, but he's never really, I don't feel like he, I've ever lost like faith in him necessarily this year. So I, uh, not sure how the Astros feel or Dusty Baker feels, but yeah, even after the, even when he has his struggles, he does seem to bounce back pretty well. So, and, and now I know Brian Abreu is kind of dealing with something. He wasn't available on Monday as well. So I don't know. They could always turn to Hector Neris, but um, I think he's, he's going to be, you know, they're close. He's going to be seeing the bulk of the saves down the stretch for them. They need to have him right to, in the playoffs to, you know, make a run. Um, but yeah, it's the September has not been great for him, um, so far. So ho- hopefully he can turn things around. Hopefully his last outing was the start of that with, you know, pitching a clean inning. Yeah. I think the biggest thing there is the playoffs where it's like, if they have the opportunity to take it easy on him down the stretch here, down the last 10 days, if they can just use him like twice or whatever, I'm sure they would prefer that because he is on the older side for a reliever. He's 34. Um, and like you said, they do want him right for the playoffs. So if they can give him some time off to wrap up the season, so he's ready to go in the playoffs at full strength, then I think they would probably opt with that. Um, and like you said, they have other options that they can turn to. Hector Neris has been really great all year. Brian Abreu, uh, also great, uh, dealing with a little stuff, like you said. Um, but I think Brian Presley's just been pretty unlucky recently. He's got a 5.96 ERA in the second half, nearly a six ERA, but it comes with a 29 to five strikeout to walk ratio. That's a, that's, that's pretty nice. And, uh, I, I think that sort of suggests that the underlying metrics like his XFIP, which is under four and stuff suggests that it's been a, a pretty unlucky, uh, stint since the all-star break his strikeout minus walk rate is 23 and a half percent so that's still elite he i think he's still pitching really well just been a little bit unlucky but there there is the case to be made that you know they take it easy on him if they can down the stretch they, they may not miss the play they may miss the playoffs it will be close but i i feel like they're pretty confident that let's say they lost ryan presley for the next 10 days i still feel like i would be pretty confident that the the astros would make it because they do have such a deep bullpen and with all the talk about the playoffs, we're going to take our final break and break down some of the playoff bullpens. Before we do so, we're talking about the playoffs. One place I'm going to want to be hanging out for those of those playoffs is in our PL Plus Discord. And that can be accessed to pitcherlist.com or cubilist.com and get PL Plus. You'll have access to the Discord and all the other perks coming where we'll be talking playoffs baseball through all of that but it also includes cubulist content which i'm also a part of includes sunday morning sunday morning live chats help build lineups make waiver claims constant discussion bonus content start sits trades waiver claims whatever you want if you want to talk football over there and of course all the great baseball content that we've talked throughout the season so get pl plus pl pro you'll have access to a great community which will be very live throughout the playoffs. I'm sure there will be hundreds of messages in the Discord throughout the playoffs as we break down a Yankee-less postseason, which 95% of the Discord is excited about since it's mostly yes. non-Yankee fans in there. But I will uh, I will still be there with a, a sad a tear coming down my face. But also, if you want to be talking some of the playoff baseball, Nick will probably be doing a lot of live streams on playback.tv slash pitcher list. It's just like Twitch, except you can 
have people join. He will have people from the industry just come in, chat while we're watching the games. It's a, a great time. I've gotten to watch some of those as we all watch some of the playoff games as a community. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're looking for some place to be during the playoffs, PL Plus and Playback TV will be a great way to interact with Nick and everybody else with the Petrolist staff and community as we watch what should be a very exciting postseason race. But let's take a quick break. When we get back, we will start getting down into this playoff race and break down the bullpens of the teams currently competing for spots and who we like, who we think has the advantage at those spots. All right. And a lot of times what people say is pitching wins championships and we'll let Nick deal to starting pitching like he's been doing all season. We're going to look at these bullpens. There's about seven, eight teams in the American league, eight, nine teams in the national league that are currently competing for playoff spots and still have a realistic opportunity to make the playoffs. I'd love to put the Yankees in the discussion for the American League, but let's face it, they're not making the playoffs. We've already established that. So mm-hmm. we'll start in the American League. Currently, the teams we're going to be, we won't talk about them all, but who who still have a realistic chance of making the playoffs. The Baltimore Orioles, the Houston Astros, Minnesota Twins, Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, Seattle Mariners, and Texas Rangers. So Rick, let's start it off with you. Give me... You know, two, three teams in the American League or the bullpen, the teams that have that mm. bullpen advantage that often makes the difference when it comes down to postseason baseball. I, I think the big team, obviously, that stands out because it's the, they've, you know, they have a history of doing this. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. And there, you know, there were some doubts early on in the season. I was questioning whether their bullpen would be, you know, it, it seemed, you know, some of the names we were seeing in their bullpen was like, what's what's going on here? This is not mm-hmm. what the Rays are typically like. And, you know, but now you have, you know, Fairbanks is is on fire right now. He's the best closer in, in baseball at the, at the moment. You Let's know, go. He, he got Thank things God. turned around. Uh, Robert Stevenson's the, probably the best non-closer in baseball right now, and then you know Let's now you go. got Jason At- you got Jason Adam coming back as well. Um, Colin Pochet has been pitching; he's figured some things out. He's throwing his breaking ball a little bit more, uh, so he's not just strictly a fastball only uh, lefty. Uh, Jake Diekman has also been figured things out since he got there and has been a great piece for them. And then you have guys like Sean Armstrong and Andrew Kittredge. We have not talked about that guy once. He's got the lowest ERA in baseball. He does. 0.74. He's been unreal. And like, yeah, he doesn't get holds. So I don't, yeah, but he, you know, um, it's just, yeah, they all of a sudden and yeah, like Kittredge has been pitching better lately. That dude was an all-star two years ago. So like there's, a really deep bullpen here for them and they're that they're gonna have to lean on it. It's gonna be, you know, you're not gonna get seven inning starts from any of those guys probably in, in their rotation. So um that bullpen's gonna make probably make or break them. That's that's probably I mean their offense is gonna have to be a little bit better, I think, too, but it's gonna come down to their bullpen and yeah, the Rays are or I think that's the best there's another team, the Astros are probably second for yeah. me here, but uh the Rays I think have the best bullpen in the AL. Yeah, the the Astros definitely compete. I mean, you you ran through that whole race bullpen. And yeah. I think the the Astros are are sort of there. They just have more name value, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Brian Presley definitely more well known than Pete Fairbanks, but Hector Neris and Brian Abreu are, are pretty 
big names there in that bullpen. I mean, maybe not in terms of like the the common baseball fan, but I, I think among people that are as in tune in bullpens with as we are, I think Brian Abreu definitely brings some more name value than he would with other fans. And Hector Neris has been really great. They have matching ERAs, 1.87. Both of the go- those guys really great. And then, I mean, they brought Kendall Graveman over. He's been great since he landed in Houston. Rafael Montero's turned it around and he was a closer in the past. And then, I mean, even in the in the front end like phil maton is quietly one of the better early inning relievers and you know you, you can always count that they're going to move one of their starters to the bullpen and and be really good we've seen that with like lance mccullers and, and guys like that jose urquidy's probably going to fill that role this year and, and they could even move somebody else mm-hmm. there i think christian javier is probably the number one candidate to do that not been great this year as a starter which that's crazy that, that's a whole nother thing just how much of like a wide awake sleeper he was and yeah. uh dark horse candidate to win Cy young and then he was just actually bad this year um but yeah that, that bullpen is is really deep and i think that's going to take them a long way we saw last year didn't they not give up a and a run the whole the whole season or the whole postseason it was something like that yeah or they set the record that. for the lowest postseason era by a, by a bullpen something like that yeah one team I want to mention in this conversation is the Baltimore Orioles, and we've talked about how great their, po- their bullpen has been all season, and it's going to be huge for them. We know their rotation mm-hmm. isn't exactly filled with the big names you need, and the reason I'm bringing them up is we're hearing nothing but good news about Felix Bautista, where mm-hmm. I'm starting to actually think he could be in play for the playoffs, and I didn't exactly expect that when the injury first happened so do you guys have any opinions on that do we think we do you think we see felix bautista pitch for baltimore in the postseason they've at least clinched and they're battling for the at least but do we see that uh, mountain as he's called or uh, the outlaw in, in the postseason <laughs> it's um yeah i mean they need him they they, they can't but it, it really lengthens or shortens the game it because right now Yanni Akino is not the answer in the ninth. They need they need to use him earlier in games. They they if the hope for yeah if the Orioles don't have Batista then I don't and they're a fun team they're a super fun team they're a scrappy team they're start and Kyle Bradish is super so underrated I feel he's yeah. been really great this season um but they did I I don't know how far they can go with that bullpen without Felix Batista because mm-hmm. um. There is there are some question marks. I mean, Fujinami had been pitching well, but I yeah I don't know how much they're gonna really be able to trust him in big spots in the playoffs and uh and they're gonna draw some you know tough ma- even if they do you know get a bye they're gonna draw some tough matchups um t- in the in the first round you know they'll have a tough matchup so I I I think it comes down to yeah if he if if Batista's healthy then they have a chance to advance to the ALCS and for maybe the mm-hmm. World Series but I really do think he's like the one the one injury right now that like is a difference maker for for these AL teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely like make or breaks not only the bullpen but I think the uh the whole team's chances at at having success in the playoffs. I think that um, that layoff with the buy might be the key to getting Felix yeah. Bautista back mm-hmm. because if they don't have him during a, a wild card round where it's like if you lose one game, you are very close to being knocked off. It's like two games and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't win that division, which is possible considering they don't have Felix Bautista right now, I think that could really be the nail in the coffin there because you know, then they have to win a three game series without the their best pitcher, and then it's it, it could be all downhill from there. But 
I think if they do get that buy and it allows Felix Batista just like another few days or another week to come back and and even if it's like in the middle of the division series, uh, I, I think that could be huge for them. But I, I feel like he does make it back. I think they're going to push him. You know, this is really where you want him to to be there. This is where when it all really matters. But wouldn't it be really interesting if Jack Flaherty becomes a legitimate yeah. bullpen guy there? That was a, a really interesting move uh, to put him there. But yeah, I think the Orioles go from like the second worst bullpen in the American league to a uh, top three bullpen in the American league with or without Felix Bautista, which is really interesting. Um, the blue Jays honestly have done a really good job to supplement their bullpen to make it one that I actually trust. Now this was a team that started off the year with like Yimi Garcia as like their top setup guy or yeah. their, their second setup guy. And that was not ideal, nothing against Yimi, but he does, he, he doesn't really do it for me. He's He's been a very consistent reliever over the last few years, but also not one that is like all-star caliber. But now that they've not only shown that Eric Swanson can be counted on throughout the year, but they've added a guys like Jordan Hicks. They've had Genesis Cabrera fin- figure out his command. They've turned Tim Mays into a, a pretty unstoppable first force as a lefty. And then they've got Nate Pearson, Chad Green, and Trevor Richards to fill out those early innings. That's a that's a pretty complete bullpen, especially because you got some big names there that I, that I think uh, with the big lights in the playoffs could actually perform above what they did during the regular season. I think somebody like Chad Green is probably going to be pretty underrated because nobody really thought about him all year, and maybe he figures things out in the playoffs. Nate Pearson throws really hard; he's got some crazy stuff. So, despite having a five year A, he could really be a, a difference maker there. And then even Trevor Richards, who I mean not great ERA, but the strikeouts have been huge this year for him. So I, that bullpen top to bottom is is really good. And for me, I, I think they might be the third best bullpen in the American League there, though it's it's pretty close with the Mariners. Yeah, I, I do. I think I kind of have like the Jays, Mariners, and the Twins almost bunched together after the Rays and Astros. But yeah, if I had to pick between the three, I would go Jays, Mariners, Twins in that order. Um mm-hmm. The Mariners are just, I don't know how, I don't know how deep they are. I mean, their top two, Munoz and Brash are awesome, obviously. And then then Tope has been pitching really great as well. But then after that, it gets a little bit more dicey. And, um, you know, Gabe Spear has had some moments. He's got a, I I like the K rate from him from the left side. He's, He's a nice little piece, but I don't, I don't know. It just—it's not as deep as yeah as, as what Seattle, uh, Toronto has right now, and and same with the Twins. It's you know, it's Duran and Jax. Who's Jax hasn't even been that great this season. So, uh, but Tealbar and Pagan either. Yeah, Tealbar and Pagan have been pretty good, but yeah, it's after those guys. It's you know, you're looking at Dylan Floro and Cody Funderburk. So. <laughs> uh, this is a great a cool name. name. <laughs> it is a great so- name, and he's pitched well for them. But it's yeah. <laughs> So if we had to rank them in the American League, are we thinking uh, Rays, Astros, Blue Jays, Mariners, Twins, Orioles, Rangers? Yeah, I think that's without Batista. Rangers? Oh, my gosh. They are. Holy moly. Will Smith has really just forgotten how to pitch. And then there's Harold Chapman, who... As a Yankee fan, I know very well his postseason abilities. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'm kind of... I don't want to say excited, but... I wouldn't hate seeing him blow a postseason mm. save for someone that's not the Yankees. Um, but they have, I think they're definitely, I think that's a good, good ranking for, for the American League. And then Bautista, with the Bautista 
allows like, I think said, the with, Orioles to fluctuate as high as probably three in my mind. I would say maybe three, yeah. had the Astros, mm-hmm. even with yeah. Batista. But, uh, but yeah, Rangers are clear cut seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to see them yeah. make the playoffs, but with all their, their injuries, the pitching, uh, it's, uh, it might be a short stint for the Rangers this year, but we'd yeah. love to see it. Over to the National League, where, as we know, there's a lot more teams competing. We know the Braves and Dodgers. They're in. They've gotten to their spots. Then there's everybody else. You got the Brewers, the Phillies, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, Reds. And the Giants and Padres are only three and four and a half games out, respectively. Do we think they'll make the playoffs? Probably not. But we're going to put them in this list because they got a shot. And they don't have an outside chance that like the Yankees and uh, you know the Red Sox had. But uh, So uh, let's start with you, Jake, this time. Where do you see the National League going? I know we are all big fans of the Braves bullpen. Is that... Yeah, are they the clear one in the National League? Does someone compete with them? What's uh, Who's got the advantage for the National League bullpens? The Braves do have a really good bullpen, and it's really deep, and, and it's been successful all year. But I don't know if they're as clear uh, a number one, just they've, considering. They've worried me lately. They've definitely, yeah, yeah, there's some concerns there right now. Yeah. There's still a really good bullpen though, but there are some that I there are some that I think compete with them. The Phillies have turned out to have mm-hmm. a really deep bullpen and one that's pretty top heavy compared to the rest of it. I mean, we we went into the season talking about the big four there, and Jeff Hoffman has sort of joined them, and Matt Strom yeah. has been really well, really good out mm-hmm. of the bullpen as well. So that's that's a good six deep guys there that you can all trust in high leverage, and they come from all different angles and, and sides of the mound. And I, I think those are, that's a team that can be pretty competitive there. Um, and then the Marlins, if they are in the playoffs, I, they've got a chance too, because they have just some elite lefties there that are really hard to compete with. And then with David Robertson, if he can figure things out, he's got some postseason experience. I think he could be really good. I mean, even without Matt Moore there, you still got Tanner Scott, Andrew Nardi, AJ Puck, and Stephen Okert, which are all really great left-handed relievers. And if they can just make up the other innings with JT Sharkwaugh and David Robertson and whoever else they decide to include in that playoff bullpen, I think that's pretty competitive. Um, it is interesting. All three of those teams come from the NLE. So that's really where the uh, best yeah. bullpens reside. I think if I did have to make a choice, I think considering the state of the Braves bullpen with the injuries to Colin McHugh and Nick Anderson, if neither of those guys are there, which they don't seem to be there, I think that knocks them down a peg. I think they're probably second. I would probably put the Phillies first, the Braves second, and the Marlins third. Rick, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think I might have the same. I definitely uh, I'm leaning Phillies number one, um, just because yeah, they like Jeff Hoffman is another guy underrated name that just yeah. has been awesome for them this year, and even with Sir Anthony and Sir Anthony's been pitching a little bit better lately too. So I mean, him and Soto have been pitching better lately. So if you get those two guys plus Hoffman plus Alvarado, Kim Roll, Strom, I mean that's really there's a lot of depth there. Um, I, I have yeah. I think the Phillies are in their own tier. I, I think the Braves and Marlins are are next. With maybe, I mean, you know, the the Dodgers have been pitching well. I know it's weird, but like it's just between Phillips, Gratterall, and Brazier. I mean, those those guys have been uh, pretty pretty unhittable, pretty lights out for them. And mm-hmm. Caleb Ferguson's had a really good month too, which is you know, and Alex Vesey kind of come back. I don't know if he's going to be on the playoff roster, but they do have some depth there and you know it's the Dodgers they they always do good with you know turning out pitchers so it's yeah, really we'll yeah give it's them really, the number four spot 
Yeah, I mean it's really tough, but then it's like the Brewers too. I mean, if if you have if they had Piguero, I, I yeah. think they, they might be yeah, up there. Seen- but without Piguero and. I think uh, a lack of, I mean, they sort of have depth, but it's with guys that you wouldn't really trust. The way that Chafin's pitched with the Brewers is really not yeah. great. And Bryce Wilson is sort of a, a an innings eater out of the bullpen. He's not somebody that I'm like, all right, uh, game on the line, get Bryce Wilson yeah. out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, even Milner. without, yeah, even without Paguero, you still got Hobie Milner. You still got Yoel Piams. You got Devin Williams, who might be, the best closer in baseball right now. And then Abner Uribe, who is really, he's going to get in there and people are going to be surprised by what he's featuring out of the bullpen. But, and then, and they've turned Trevor McGill into somebody that's a huge strikeout arm. So so they they got a pretty deep bullpen. And I think them and the Dodgers are right there in that second tier, which is still very close to what the Braves and the Marlins are doing. I think I'd put the, I think I like how you put up the Dodgers and Brewers. Abner Uribe Uribe might be that postseason storyline of a, you know, the Brewers mm. don't go far, but at the end of the postseason, people are talking about like, wait, let's look back at how lights out Abner Uribe is. Uh, is and you put that back to with Devin Williams and Uribe, that's up there with any back to that's available for the postseason in my eyes. At least in the National League, it goes right up there with uh, the Alvarado Kimbrel combo. Or um, so if they can be what they're supposed to be. The Brewers may be a tougher out than, you know, we're giving credit. Obviously it's, you know, clear Dodgers and and Braves are the two elite, at least of the division winners and the Brewers are in their own tier for the division winners, but they're going to be there. If they get the pitching that we know they can get, but now we've got the four, five teams. We can really not make sense of that. We've been talking about a lot for this postseason with Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, and the remaining two giants and Padres. How do we, make up this last year it's been some of these bullpens have been an absolute mess throughout the season including the Diamondbacks I feel like we're we're supposed to be the biggest mess of all and they've at least made some sense of it I I think the Padres would be next if we're counting them Um, Mm -hmm. because I mean Scott Barlow's been pitching a lot better lately Uh, he's been really good Robert Suarez, obviously Josh Hader. Yeah, they have a pretty good top three uh, in their bullpen. It, but again, that's, you know, it's it's hard to, because I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if if they were, they're definitely at least in the top six. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I think the Diamondbacks are, are also, I mean, between Seawald and Ginkle, at least you have something. It's they need to find that next. They need to find that like you know seventh inning option. I don't know. I mean, they've been using Ryan Thompson a lot. I mean, Miguel Castro is still getting holds somehow. He's despite how bad he's been this year. Um, you know, I, I, they really need someone to take a step forward in that bullpen to 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 be that secondary setup man. I think McGuff had had chance, but now that he's on the IL, it's obviously not likely. So. Uh, yeah. I still like the I still like the the combo of Seawall C- uh, C- and Ginkle. I, I think that's mm-hmm. better than what um, the Cubs or any of these other teams have right now. Yeah, you got the Diamondbacks over the Giants. Uh, I do because I. Well, I don't know. That's a tough one. I I like that top two better. Uh, um, and then you know with the Giants, I know Brebby has pitched well and. Uh-huh. Um. Jackson as well, I would, but Tyler Rogers has been pretty bad lately. I, I don't know. I've never really trusted him just because I don't. You know those those sidewinder guys, man. It's hard to. Yeah. They're, 
they're they're hard to trust for for me. And like you said, Taylor Rogers and Duvall have both have been yeah, they've been very you know ERAs in the five in in recent you know recent months. I think it's close. I think it's close, but but I trust like the the back end of that Diamondbacks bullpen a little more than the Giants. I mean, the Giants rely so much on bulk relievers that that's like the majority of their bullpen innings anyway. They really just rely on a few guys to eat up those. high leverage innings and with with the way that their top two arms taylor and and camila duvall i i think it's it's hard to trust them more so than the diamondbacks who have paul seawald who's super trustworthy and kevin ginkle ginkle who's been on fire in the second half and even without mcguff i I still think they they slightly edge it out and then that leaves the cubs and the reds and i think these two are clearly the bottom two but with the way that Alexis Diaz has been bitching and then with the rest of that bullpen being guys that I don't trust at all. I mean, Lucas Sims, pretty solid reliever. And then everybody else I'm not too enamored with. Fernando Cruz got a big strikeout numbers and Sam Mole has mm-hmm. quietly had really good numbers with the Reds, but they're not backed up by the underlying metrics. Um, the rest of that bullpen is not one that I trust a lot. So I think I would side with the Cubs there. They do seem to have more upside, but Without Adbert Alzalay, Alzalay, I, I think you you miss a lot there. Uh, I, Julian Mathers, Merriweather is really good, and I think the middle of that bullpen is pretty trustworthy with uh, Mark Leiter Jr., Brad Boxberger, and even Jose Cuas. But uh, Luke Little could be really a, a big difference maker there, and mm-hmm. with Hayden Wesneski, if he's got his slider going, he could be really good. But without Alzalay, I they might actually be below the Reds, but I mean, the Reds bullpen is really not their strength. I think with Alzala, with a healthy Alzala, I think the Cubs could, you could make an argument that they could go up as For far seven. as six, seven or six. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to come down to, yeah, it's, it's similar to the Orioles where what's the health going to be like for, for their closer. He's working his yeah. way back. I, I've I've heard yeah. him doing some bullpen sessions, which is interesting. We'll, we'll see he if he can return. make it back. I hope he does. Hopefully, because they're right in that mix. I, I would agree. The Reds, Reds are a clear bottom theater. Made Diaz could be a huge difference maker, but the issue in the postseason is getting the ball to Diaz. So hopefully, the oh, Reds man. can find a way to do so. But yeah, the Cubs right now they are in that tie for that third wild card spot, two games behind the Diamondbacks. So they're in a tie with Miami, half game up at Cincinnati. So that mix is going to be uh, pretty crazy as we go down the stretch. But I do like how we have those ranked, and uh, I think there could be possible changes easily yeah i i think it's it's tough to do but i think i think we did a pretty good job with that um do have a little bit of breaking news that's not reliever <laughs> not bullpen related not bullpen related but that's crazy that tampa bay the, the rays are calling up junior camanero um that's oh, that's wow. wild uh, he's well, one of the top prospects in baseball but he's only 20 years old he's he can't even he's, be on the postseason actually i think he can be on the postseason roster because there's that whole thing about if you just place somebody on the IL, then you can replace him. Injury replacement, as long oh. as he was on the forty man uh, heading into September. That's Ooh. what I was wondering. I wasn't sure if he was on the yeah. forty man or not, but yeah, so like Matt Moore can't for the Marlins because he was yeah. not on their forty man when September started. But someone like Camonero can. So I don't know. Maybe they they will find a way to get him on the roster. He's an outfielder, right? Uh, infielder. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, that sort of suggests uh, what's going on with Wander Franco. Yeah, he'll probably play yeah. short or third for them. Um, the but never, yeah, I feel like are this aggressive with that's uh, what that's what I'm shocked how so, aggressive. Yeah, 
So like I you said, either suggest some Wander Franco situation or just that they're really feeling the pressure of the Orioles and that you know they they're yeah. number one. They they want they should they want to win that division. Both of those teams, you don't want to be playing in a three game wild cards wild card series. So let's mm. get that division locked up and that's gonna be an exciting stretch race down the stretch. But I'm sure next week we'll you know, we're not prospect guys. So for all the instant <laughs> analysis of that, obviously on Twitter Pinterest Discord and we have our Dynasty podcast and Prospect podcast, so you'll hear a lot in the farm. Uh, they'll get some. I don't think he is on the forty man. He's he's not. Yeah. So oh, so we really cannot. Well, and I don't know how that works. Maybe he can, but the, the, they know a loophole that I don't. But I'm pretty sure Someone's he can't smarter. be on the the forty man. Someone far smart enough to tell us how uh, how that works because uh, <laughs> please yeah I I would love to know it's it'll be interesting you got a week and a half left so but before we go we want to answer a few mailbag questions we had a couple that came in from some of our Discord members and actually some members of our staff so we want to wrap up with some of that the first one is from PL Plus member Kuwell and we talked about looking forward to twenty twenty four so let's do that a little bit who are your early twenty twenty four relievers you're looking at as up and comers for eighth and ninth inning work. So anybody stands out as someone you're keeping on your radar as a you know, can look forward for 2024. Um, some of the, I mean, like the yeah, Abner Aribe, we've talked about a bunch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if Ben Joyce can stay healthy, um, another guy, he, he looked, you know, he's a little wild still. I watched, I uh, saw him today pitch against the Rays, but, uh, you know the stuff's clearly there uh, for him. Um, I don't think. I, I mean, there's a lot of names. I mean, I it's not really up and comers, but just what like you know Jeff Hoffman and Robert Stevenson have done this year, coming from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Those They'll two be free guys, agents, right? He, I believe. I'm not sure about Hoffman. I know Stevenson is Hoffman. Yeah. I think might be too. Yeah. What's the reliever for the Cubs? Oh, I'm blanking on his name. The prospect that called up the hype. Um, Estrada. He might fall into playing in that mix too, kind of like Joyce does. Is uh, you know, if, how much they've used that committee? Do they give him a shot uh, going to 2024? Does he possibly compete with Alzale? That's another name I'll, I'll monitor this offseason for, especially what the Cubs do in uh, free agency during the offseason. Yeah, I, I think uh, Abner Aribe is a great call. That, that's probably the biggest one there and uh ben joyce as well a really interesting one um yeah i'm not really seeing too many other guys where i'm that are currently pitching in the majors that are really getting me excited for what they could possibly do next year in terms of getting a larger role than they currently have while still showing some some interesting abilities um the dodgers have that one guy uh what's his name uh last name hudson i think it's Bobby or something. Daniel Hudson. Uh, Daniel Hudson. Brian. No, not Daniel Hudson. <laughs> the Brian um, Hudson. Brian Hudson. That's right. And he's been a, a big strikeout guy in the minors. And while he struggled in the majors this year, uh, he sort of had like brief showings in the in the majors. So I think if that's a guy that gets more opportunity, he could be pretty interesting. And I don't think he was a guy that really ever hit the radar. I talked about him a couple times on this podcast because his minor league numbers were so good. And then considering how much we trust the Dodgers with player development in general, and especially so with relievers. I think that's a guy who could quickly rise up there. He probably won't overtake Bruce Dargraderall or Evan Phillips, but if he can be the third guy in that bullpen on a really good team, he could get a lot of hold opportunities. So I think Brian Hudson's another name to consider. And finally, from Adam Howe, he's got a 
the big head to head points question. Let's see if we can help him out for who gets more saves this weekend. Chris Martin versus the Chicago White Sox or Trevor May versus the Tigers. I would go with Trevor May. Really? Yeah, because first of all, Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen can't. There's a chance he returns tomorrow um, or today. As I, being I think he he asked the question uh, with the caveat that Kenley doesn't return. Oh uh, well, still, I I don't think I think the Red Sox might only end up playing one game this weekend because so, of the rain. Because of the rain, Saturday, Sunday, and Saturday are going to be a wash in the Northeast. So yeah, I I still think I would take May just because of that concern interesting yeah i mean may hasn't pitched in a long time uh the a's have not been winning they have 106 losses on the season the tigers aren't great i mean yeah it's a really hard one um i i feel like i would just go chris martin just because not only are the red Sox better but chris martin is better and the white side the their opponents are worse um the white Sox are worse than the tigers so i think for me i'd go chris martin (laughs) i don't think that that helps adam at all i know people voted on this in the the pl discord go go get pl plus or pl pro um but yeah that, that that is a really hard one i i think i'm going chris martin there but you're right to point out that Kenley could return. There could be rain, but I think those external uh, circumstances circumstances aren't ones that I'm going to factor in here. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't. I, what, what it's like? Both of them are going to get one. Is what's going to happen? Yeah, I think I'd lean May as well, but I'm going to trust your guys' judgment. But if I had to, if I get my say, I'll, I'll say. Trevor May just for <laughs> some of the circumstances that Rick brought up, but it's there's close. also yeah. I mean, Martin hasn't been the 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 only closer. I mean, they've Schreiber's gotten a save. I mean, Whitlock could also factor in. I it's not a sure thing that even if there is a save opportunity for the Red Sox this weekend, that Martin gets it. Sure, and we know how it's going to go. It's going to go one save for one of the guys and zero for the other. It's not going to be the I'm sure break <laughs> dank, but it's going to be there might be one save opportunity this entire weekend among those three guys. But it'll be interesting. And one of the benefits of being the uh, director of the, the podcast network, you get instant analysis for that. So I'm sure we'll we'll let him know what he says, and he'll be able to make the decision before this uh, podcast is released. But that's going to do it for this episode of In the Pen. Uh, as always, you can find the show on Twitter at In the Pen Pod. As we you know, get to the end of the season, we got one episode left in the regular season after this one. So, you know, hopefully, we can find these little things over the next week, week and a half to make the difference. And then, and during that episode, we'll recap the 2023 seasons, things we learned, all of that stuff as we, you know, begin the prep, be to look forward to the 2024 season. But guys, any last words, anything uh, you want to plug as we uh, wrap things up here? Um, Nothing on my end. You know, just we got one more week left. Uh, this could be actually this might be the final weekend for a lot of you in fantasy. So hopefully we uh, hopefully we were able to steer you right a little bit, uh, you know, in some ways this year. And um, hopefully you guys are all winning, winning some leagues out there. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Did we miss a single episode this year? I think we got every week. I think, I we, think we were here every, every week. week. Yeah. 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 Nice. Let's we individually go. weren't here every week. We swapped them. We swapped in and out, but we've <laughs> yeah. We've been here every week, so I'm, I'm nice. proud of us for that one. Yeah. So you can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter. Um, 
Rick, did you plug your Twitter? At I am Rick uh, Graham. Uh, yes, that is. Yes, I did not. <laughs> Kellen underscore L Slogger. I got you all. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Thank give you. us a follow on, on Twitter. Check out all of our work on pitcherlist.com. Yeah, and like Rick said, this may be the end for some of your fantasy seasons, but some like me will be going for the final week of the regular season. So like I said, hopefully we're able to steer you in the right direction as we try and get some more pitcherless championships. But we'll see you next week as we recap the 2023 season. Go over some of those last couple uh, last couple moves and uh, let's bring home some titles, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.